and, and in my interview, I said, what kind of tools do I have in the toolkit here? Can I make an IPA if we need to make an IPA? So I was gung-ho for it. Like, let's, let's, let's shake the tree, let's bring things going. And then I talked to uh, director of sales and marketing, and he had a very good argument. It's like, yeah, you know what? We do loggers here, and it's, and, it, and it's proving very successful for us. And that was Kevin from Bontrap Brewing on this week's episode of Brewers. The Brew Roots Podcast is proudly affiliated with the Mass Brew Bros. Be sure to check out their website to stay up to date with all Mass Beer-related news. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brew Roots, where we tell the stories behind your favorite craft beverages. As always, I'm here with Sound Guy Brian and Matt. Wow, that was the best <laughs> intro that you could have I ever done. I like to boost you up as high as possible. Yeah, which is pretty low, I guess, in this case. <laughs> and Matt. Yeah. <laughs> and Matt. We love you. Yeah, I love you guys, too. Hey, without Aww. you, Matt, we wouldn't be here. So. Exactly. I mean, you might have been. I mean, I'm sure some other people would have approached you at a later time and said, oh, you should do a podcast. Maybe. You never know. I, I just know. was the person that was dumb enough to do it first. Exactly. So thank you for being that dumb. You're right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I couldn't do this without you guys. Aww. Uh We had an awesome episode last week. We did. Oh, my God. Matt Smith's beer from wandering soul is amazing it is some of our faves and it's, you can now get it all over massachusetts that's yes. right they just sponsored with who is it again not sponsored, sponsored. <laughs> teamed up with longbow longbow, yeah, longbow yeah. thank you so now you can find it in central and western mass and especially Woo-hoo. they're going to be having a ton of things we don't say because i saw a picture on instagram oh did fresh you? off the line at, oh at Bentwater, damn and i know myself in chris beer fridge want to get a case i can't speak for you guys but i do know he did mention that yes yeah that I, everyone needs to get a case i need a case so ryan, i need two cases ryan needs that's two what cases. we'll be doing yeah yeah yep. but um we got a lot of awesome feedback this week uh we got two awesome reviews uh one from s page 16 or spage spage 16 spage 16 Maybe. i'm gonna say s page though yeah like uh, sean page sammy page super page super page yeah 16 <laughs> Or maybe it's like 1-6, like he was born on January 6th. Ooh, maybe. You never know. You never know. Or 16 is his favorite number. Um, or her. Or maybe yeah. he's or six, or, or maybe or, they're or 16. They. Yeah. So <laughs> this individual does not live in Mass, but found Brewer's podcast through the Rockport Brewing episode. Since Sweet. then, I have subscribed and slowly, as in one after another, listening to your backlog, which all our listeners should do, by the way. Highly recommend. Um, even though I'm in Kentucky... I still have ties to Massachusetts, so it's fun to hear about the beer scene going up there. This podcast and hearing about the backstories of the local brewing companies has encouraged me to finally try my homebrew kit that I got two years ago. Look forward to more episodes. That's awesome. Which is awesome. such an awesome... That's great. I'm so pumped. Uh, so we're, we're happy that you Thank were you. able to do that. Yeah, thanks for finally brewing the kit. Yeah. I hope it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, my, my again, your first beer no, doesn't have to suck. No, it's just... Yeah. It's been sitting there for two years. Yeah, that's true. He's going to get it. Go for it. Yeah. Proud of you, boo. I would love to get some of that homebrew if you send it. Send it to Ryan. We'll try it. Absolutely. We definitely will try it. Let's do it. Um, But we also got another one from uh, Davs56. Ooh, Davs. Which I don't feel bad giving these green names out because they're just made up on iTunes, I think. so. Pretty sure. Um, I enjoyed the pod. Listened to 10 plus episodes. Interesting insight and great exposure for local breweries. I have been excited about all the central mass breweries opening and now getting to learn a little bit of the backstories even better. 
I really go on a trip and not look for breweries to hit up, so it's it's great to find a place and know the people behind them. I was completely sucked in by the Gilded Skull episode and was able to get some beer from their inaugural batch, and it was fantastic. Yes, it really was. I do have to admit that. Definitely. Um, and I look forward to more to come. Uh, well, Woohoo! Like, that's awesome. That's awesome. So thank you, uh, Davs56 and SPH16. Yeah. And do what they did and write a review. Yeah. Because, we, again, we really like hearing them. It makes them. us feel warm and fuzzy yeah. inside. Yes. Yeah. And, and um, we like that feeling. If those two individuals uh, want to shoot us an email at info at brewroots.com, we got a sticker coming your way. So yeah, buddy. boom. Send us a DM. So, who do we have this week? I know you heard in the intro, but if people plus 15 to plus 30, who do we have? We got Sam and Kevin from Von Trapp Brewing. That's right. Out of Stowe, Vermont, which was such an awesome day for us. Uh, What did we start with? Alchemist? We did. Then we went to Von Trapp. Then Um, Idle Idle Time. Idle Time and then then Stowe Stowe Cider. Cider. So, this this is the the last one? Yeah, this is the last one. Wow. And I couldn't... we We went to Alchemist. We drank a bunch. And then we went to Von Trapp and ate a bunch of German food. And then drank a bunch. And then drank yep. a bunch. Yeah. And it was really awesome because obviously you hear the name Von Trapp. And yes, it is the Von Trapp family from the movie that I still have not seen. Sound of Music. I have not seen Sound of Music still. Isn't that like a requirement in like high school or or middle school? Yeah, I skipped I feel like we every saw Every time it. I skipped. I skipped. <laughs> I remember seeing it multiple times throughout my education <laughs> well i think it's on disney plus so it probably is now you should check it out i'm gonna check it out tonight. it's a solid time but um their beer is awesome and i know that they have like deep roots within you know german and austrian culture um so just to have that that influence you know the family growing up there and all that stuff and, and going back there on ski trips and, and visiting family they obviously know what's going on they know that the beer that they want to brew is true to style yeah I think one of the key aspects of why their beer is so good, and they they mentioned this in the in the episode, is that they let the beer take the time it needs. Yes. Um, yeah, they don't rush. They it out don't for sure. care how long it takes. They'll make sure it's ready when it's yeah. ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you want to enjoy some Von Trapp beer, it is lo- it is available in. Yes, yeah, available uh, kind of all over. Yeah, you can find it in your local yeah. packy. You can, um, and it also um, if you make your way up to beautiful Stowe, Vermont. I know two summers ago I was at the Snow Beer Festival, and that probably will not be happening this summer. No. Um, but Von Trapp and I think some of the other local breweries are taking reservations. I know for for yep. fact that Von Trapp is taking reservations for their beer hall. So Yeah, definitely. So get on that. Otherwise, I don't think they'll seat you. Yep. I think you have to make a reservation. Yep. Um, I'm sure they're doing cans to go as well. Yeah, but as always, we don't want to send someone up there without knowing the facts 100%. So exactly. just check their website before you go up there um, and... Uh, Enjoy that that the enjoy Stoke. I mean that area is so beautiful. beautiful. It's awesome up there. Yeah. They got Ben and Jerry's. They got all that good stuff right? up there. Good great food scene. It's true. And Vermont, the air is just cleaner. It, it literally is. It is. Yes. I mean we love Massachusetts, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Massachusetts beer scene still number one. But Vermont's pretty good. But Vermont's pretty good. We're yeah. so lucky. We are so lucky. We have Vermont, Maine, New Hampshire. And yeah. Rhode Island and Connecticut are really actually making a scene for themselves. We like it like, down there. Yeah, we do. We haven't been down we there We just had yet. a DM in, on Instagram like 10 minutes before the, we started recording saying, like, you need to come down to central uh, central Connecticut. Totes. I think we're going to try to. Yeah. I think we're going to try to. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on in the the beer scene? There was that bullshit with uh, Stone 
Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was uh, what Stone is Stone stewing Brewing is doing um, a Kentucky brewery. Kentucky brewery. What are they called? Stone something, oh, not yeah. Stone Face or whatever. No, it's definitely not Stone Face. <laughs> which I was like, oh, why? I mean, not that I want Stone Face to be sued or anything of that nature. But uh, something to do with limestone. That's all. I, I remember reading this story, and their name was based on the fact that they're in a building made out of limestone. Yeah, I think that's kind of crazy. I didn't need another reason to not like stone. It's brewing. unfortunately, yeah. you know, because like they make pretty good beer. They're like pretty popular once when the craft beer boom started, yeah. you know. And um, yeah, don't pick on the little guy, man. You yeah. were that little guy one time. Yeah. Um, and other huge news in Massachusetts for the um, the craft brewer and wholesale uh, wholesalers strike distribution deal. And this is actually like really, really I heard. Big. That yes. is awesome. So, craft uh, brewers and the state beer wholesalers will reach a deal that would resolve a decade-long dispute over distribution rights centered around when brewers can sever ties with its distribu- distributor, paving the way for the state's smaller brewery brands to free themselves from relationships they may feel inhibiting their growth. So, that's huge. That means a, a brewery that wants to link up with a distributor and it doesn't you know, meet their morals or meet their needs, you can sever ties and they don't need... Any, any kind reason. of reason. That's and awesome. That's huge. Uh, that's a big step in the right direction. It and, is. It's uh, kind of like an at-will employee, though, if you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? uh, so, huge shout-out to Sam. Uh, he, Sam Hendler from Jack's Abbey. I know that he helped. He's really pushing Yeah, for he that. really yeah. pushed for this. So. I believe they still need it passed in the Senate or something like that. Yes. So, this this is a proposed bill right now. Yeah, yeah. But I'm really hoping that this is something that... Uh, I mean, they have two of the parties signed on at this point, so they just need it officially passed or whatever, and yep. then we'll be good to go. Yeah, I think so. So, overall, pretty cool week for Mass Breweries. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, more to come on that. I think we need to educate ourselves a little bit more on that. And it'd be cool to do an episode with, with Sam and maybe we can see if we can hook him up with, uh, we can get uh, other people from Mass We can Bruce get Bruce. Rob. We could probably try to get Rob from yeah. Mass Brew Bros on for that episode to talk so about So stay it. tuned. Maybe there will be something in the future on that. Because I know Sam Hendler is listening right now. Sam, you're invited <laughs> on. Just, to all of our just episodes, come on. Obviously. Just come to, to Small Just hit us studio. up. We'll, just, we'll make this work. Yeah. Uh, and did we mention, I don't think we did, but we are recording at Small Pond Studio in, <laughs> in Georgetown, And it's our new favorite place, so, you know. Yeah. The beer is cold, the mics are hot, and... It's a great time. It's a great time. Thanks, Jazz. That's his Yay. name. Yeah. John Jazz. Yeah. Um, anything else? I think that is it. I really yeah. do. I do, too. Yeah. Just get out there, support local, keep buying your local beer and supporting breweries, because... We are not out of this yet. Yes. I mean, there's lightly in the tunnel, but until there's a vaccine, it's not over. So keep supporting your breweries any way you can. Wear until a mask. we can finally get there, quote unquote, normally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and wear a mask, wash your hands, do what you can. And be kind. Be kind, exactly. That's right. And now before we get on to our interview, make sure you listen from our sponsors for all the latest deals because there are some new ones coming. And Brian re-recorded all of these so they sound a lot better. Fabulous. (laughs) All right. Cheers. 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 Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers.
This week's episode would not be possible without our amazing sponsor, Shirts on Tap. Each month, they team up with breweries from across the country and create a custom shirt and deliver it to your doorstep, along with stickers and coupons. Sign up today using the promo code BREWROOTS for $5 off your first box. Head on over to shirtsontap.com today. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. At our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, and cheese. Not sure where to start? The knowledgeable staff at Beer and Wine Hobby are there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family-owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. To learn more about them, check out their website, www.beer-wine.com. Cheers! Ryan and Erica, we are here in lovely Stowe, Vermont, and... I'm glad that we drove up the night before because... I think it was helpful. Can you imagine how early it would have had he gotten up to interview everyone today? Yeah, that's normal time for me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but for the rest of us. Yes, that would have been <laughs> awful for you, you guys. Terrible. But um, we're here at Von Trapp. And yeah. I really enjoy their beers. And I was excited when we got this interview because They're our huge. listeners out there know that I talk a lot of shit about IPAs. So this is our <laughs> so place. So this is perfect for me <laughs> because... I like a clean beer. I like a beer that you can... Clean, easy drinking. Yes. I yeah. can have... Crispy boys, if you will. Yeah, I can have three or four of them and still be responsible. Yes. Not as responsible, but responsible. Responsible enough. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're here today uh, at Von Trepp. And we're here with Sam. Yes. Good morning. How are yes. you? And uh, we're here with... Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you guys for taking some time out of your day. You guys are telling us how busy you are. So I appreciate just yeah. even a little bit of time with us today. Um, so we start every episode of our podcast by asking, what is your first memory of beer and your in role beer. here at the brewery? I'll, uh, I'll start with that one. I'm uh, Sam Von Trapp. And uh, given that you're, that you're swearing on the air, I feel like I can tell my true <laughs> can be yeah. first natural, memories yes. of beer. <laughs> so uh, my dad was always a big fan of beer. Um, he is Austrian by background. And uh, beer is a big part of the culture in Austria, especially Salzburg, where my family was from. So the two things I specifically remember my dad teaching me about beer were that beer is just liquid bread. And Pretty when much. you pull up to a stop sign, you should hold your beer down so no one sees it. <laughs> now, this is back when you could legally Drive have an open, yep. you couldn't be drunk, but you could have an open container in a car. Now, obviously, that has changed in the culture. But, um, and my first... <laughs> maybe for the good. Maybe. For, maybe, I, I, maybe. I think that will make sense. You know what? Those, those who can't handle it, no. Those that, uh, I, am, I am not in any way an advocate of, of doing things that risk other people. Uh, but... <laughs> My first full beer was with my dad, and that was a, a really, uh, I'm glad it was, you know, yep. to, to share that with, with him. I'm really close with my dad. That's what brought me back to the business. So I still clearly remember. Do you recall what beer it was? Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure it was a Coors. Okay. Uh, we yeah. were in Arizona. So uh, it was a good Coors. Because it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was, uh, you know, and it's funny because I still remember when Coors Extra Gold Draft came yeah. out when I was in high school, and that was, you know, a big nice. deal. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it was, uh, it was a big deal to, uh, for my dad to trust me. Uh, in in having a beer with him, um, I was about two thirds of the way to twenty one. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Hi, uh, I'm Kevin Wheeler, and uh, my first beer memory was probably it was with my dad as well, um, and I think I was in first grade. Sit, and this is you know, of course, we you know, 
was probably a little underage. But I was sitting on my dad's knee after he had mowed the lawn. And I remember asking him for a sip of his beer. And it, it was a Budweiser long neck. Nice. <laughs> and I just remember it was so bitter. Like it, the, the flavor of that, I just, I didn't really... I was like, how can you drink that? How can you? And, and years later, of course, here we are. Here we are. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's my first memory. Yeah. Well, and to your credit, I can tell that you did learn how to drink that. So you, uh, you have overcome that obstacle. Yes. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> he can put them back. Yes. <laughs> uh, your roles, uh, respectively, here. So, uh, I, uh, so I, I am the son of the owner. Uh, my dad has ideas, um, and uh, my brother-in-law and I uh, help bring them to fruition. So as an owner, I do a little bit of everything here. You know, we are a resort and a brewery. We were a resort first, so I'm really involved with our outdoor recreation, with our guest relations. And here in the brewery, uh, you know, these guys often are at a junction, and they need to, to make decisions, and they, they ask us. Uh, and then we, I do a lot on the sales side as well. So I get out on the road and spend about 10 weeks a year uh, that I get out into our different markets. We're in 10 different states now, and it's competitive world out there. Yeah. So Is it fair to say you're more the face of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Okay. And uh, I do a lot of work on depletions as well. You know, if there's ever anything that... Uh, you know, it seems like that, that keg of Vienna just, uh, uh, that's, that's got to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's always, uh, I always like a challenge. That's a tough job, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin, yourself? Uh, I'm the general manager of the brewery, and this is a relatively new position. I've been here uh, since February of last year. Almost so, one year. Almost one year. And so it's a, it's a position that's evolving. Um, and basically, it seems uh, like what I've been doing is helping with both sales and uh, operations to kind of, we're getting big enough now where that coordination becomes a little bit more important and more essential. And that's been my role. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'd be remiss not to ask, you have a very famous last name. Um, <laughs> why did you guys decide to brew beer after, you know, many successful years, Disney movies, uh, a hotel, lodge. Yeah. What made you get into the beer game? So in the 90s, I was trying to get my dad to drink more craft beer. And I was a, yeah. a sort of relatively early adopter of craft in the 90s. I was the guy at my fraternity who would, you know, come home from the gas station with a six-pack of what was considered craft in those days. What was and what was I, like Saranac. Yeah. Um, like I'm trying to remember yeah. some of the other, you know, Sam sometimes. Yeah. Pete's Wicked Ale, man, that's the one. It's funny. I bring up Pete's Wicked Ale. A lot of people smile yeah, when they hear that here. one. Yep. I, I feel like someone should bring that one back. Yeah. Uh, if anybody want, if anybody can buy that, uh, come talk to us. Maybe we could brew it for you here at, Traf <laughs> here at Von Trapp Brewing. But um, I was trying to get my dad to try more craft beer, and he was wondering why the loggers were so underrepresented. And that's what sort of planted the seed. He thought about it uh, for years when he went back to Austria. He loved having those crisp, clean loggers. And when I returned to the business in 2007, full-time, my dad got reinvigorated. My sister had also recently moved back, and my dad decided to follow through with this big idea. And we, we started a small lager brewery in a retrofitted space. And then we got a lot of requests from out of state, people who wanted to find our beer elsewhere. And that was when we conceived of a, this brand new. So we went from the, the retrofitted space to a purpose-designed building with a spectacular Rolex brew house and sort of the best of the best. Yeah. We've, we've done it both ways. Um, why do you know ultimately why your family settled on Stowe, Vermont of all places? I mean, traveling the world, success. 
Why Most similar Vermont? to Austria? Yeah. yeah, so Vermont reminded them of Austria. Yeah. When my family first came over, they came in 1938, and they settled outside of Philadelphia, but the hot, humid summers there uh, wasn't really their, th- their thing, so they would find a place to go spend the summer, and they spent a summer here in Stowe and just loved it and put down, they had already put down a deposit, a deposit on a farm in southern Vermont, but when they discovered this property on top of the hill, they, um, this was it. So uh, they bought the farm, they bought the neighboring farm, and eventually turned that home into a hotel. Yep. And then my dad continued to add on to that. And now we're here with 2,600 acres, uh, a world-class cross-country ski center. We hosted the NCAA championships yep. wow. uh, less than a year ago. Uh, world-class mountain biking in the summer. We've got an 18-hole disc golf course <laughs> that circles all the way around the brewery here. Uh, we host ultramarathon trail running races in the yeah. summer and fall. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty amazing what yeah. this has all become. Was And, and the interview is not going to be about your family history, but was that something growing up that you maybe hid? I mean, everyone has seen The Sound of Music. Was that something that, you know, you were not... Not ashamed, not ashamed whatever, of, but, but was it, you know, you didn't go to like third knows. grade and be like, the hills are alive. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the uh, the phrase too cool for school yeah. would probably apply in this. Yeah. And it, it took yeah. quite a few decades into my life to realize that, um, that it was okay to embrace the sound of music. Yep. And mm-hmm. uh, what really won me over was recognizing how much the musical has meant to so many people. Yeah. So yeah. when you hear people's stories and and you realize how much good it has inspired or you know how many how many times it's it's inspired people to maybe not be evil yeah. um that's that's pretty awesome yeah. yeah yeah that is so beer your first memory um what was the original plan for you guys you mentioned college fraternity um <laughs> i'm sure the 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 tall boy the long neck budweiser didn't spark an interest <laughs> in going into beer and what was the original plan well I just thought it would be fun uh, making beer on property. Uh, my dad was a little ahead of his time, that first brewery. So we were planning it in 2009, started brewing right around New Year's Day of 2010. Um, so at that point, it, you know, you, there wasn't a microbrewery on every corner the way there practically is these days. Um, and the plan was to brew the beers that my dad wanted, the crisp, clean lagers that he would have in Austria, uh, keeping the alcohol low, uh, the brewing process very clean, uh, be able to feel good the next day. And we had four draft lines in the hotel at that point. So we pretty much occupied them all immediately. Uh, but at first it was just to be fun and, and to create a more dynamic, younger vibe here on property. My dad had started to recognize that the place had a reputation for being fairly traditional, which is understandable given our mm-hmm. family's history. Yeah. But uh, the beer hall, particularly the beer hall, the mountain biking, the disc golf, have really helped our property to resonate more with uh, younger dynamic people. Of course. Um, what did you go to school for? What, what did you do prior to the... I you was mentioned a, you joined back in 2007. Yeah, I was a double major in geography and economics in college, and uh, with the thinking that the geography applied to a property this big and the econ... Yeah. Well, they didn't have a business major where I went, right. so I did econ instead. <laughs> and uh, uh, always knowing that I would be coming back to this business at some point. My dad encouraged me to go off and do something elsewhere uh, for 10 years. So I was working in the ski industry in Aspen, Colorado during the winters oh, wow. and Portillo, Chile during the summers. So I would do back-to-back winters. So That's every so year cool. every year I had two winters 
uh, skied about 200 days a year. That sounds like people's nightmares. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It was, uh, awesome, it was awesome. And I would, yeah. and then as I learned to save money during the ski season, I yep. would surf in between. So oh, being that I was down in Chile, I would surf in Brazil right. and started doing some surfing in Chile and basically had a lot of fun knowing that I would eventually come back here and work a lot. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, Kind of spoiled myself a little bit. It's been hard to adjust to the stress <laughs> I can imagine. of all this after after all of that, but Just it was really a ski fun. Bum for yeah. a lot of years, well, you right? know, why not take your sort of you know have your fun early while your yeah. knees, your knees and your back, your body can, can handle, handle it. it. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and the fun thing is that I'm super involved in the outdoor recreation here now. So sort of having the the credibility that goes along with having sure. uh, done some pretty yeah. pretty high right. level skiing yeah. um, definitely helped for settling in back here and. Cool. Uh, and I really came back to work with my family. Yeah, that's important. Kevin, All right. uh, what was the original plan? <laughs> uh, you know, that's a really good question. I don't think I've still figured that out. I went to <laughs> school uh, to be a zoologist. Okay. And it's pretty close to brain. There's animals here. Yeah. Just taxidermied. Yeah. But <laughs> Unfortunately, it was kind of the pre-med program, and they weeded me out. So okay. I ended up being a, a history major. <laughs> okay. And Which I have to point out is exactly what happened to my dad. My dad was a biology major at Dartmouth, and biochem weeded him out and he switched to a history major so it's another reason nice. why we liked kevin yeah. when we yeah, first interviewed him be. here yeah. yes there was a good corp a good culture fit and uh so at that point in time i was doing stone masonry as sort of like you know as a mason's tender in western massachusetts and uh didn't really have too many prospects so i, I decided to follow my now wife down to Asheville, north carolina yep. that was about 99 2000 somewhere in that area became a uh, raft and kayak canoe guide for a little Fine. while of time. Uh, that was the best job I could find in that area at the time. <laughs> and uh, when the season ended, I would hand out resumes. And I just happened to know a friend who was at one of the local breweries. And at the end of the day, I'd be like, man, I've been handing my resume out all over town. Can I like <laughs> shovel a louder ton and, uh, and have a free beer at the end of the day? Because this is really, you know, yeah. this is no fun. Yeah. <laughs> but Three, four weeks later, after doing that, the guy said, you know, if you handed in a resume here, they'd probably hire you. Uh, and so I worked. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, it's not, it was not my original plan. Yeah. So, uh, so you kind of fell into beer? Yeah, I fell into it. Uh, you know, it was in the earlier, probably the second wave, you know, after the, the 90s came through, mm -hmm. there was... Uh, I think four breweries in the in the city of Asheville at that time. Uh, we were brewing four thousand barrels of beer, oh, um, and you know I volunteered to label twenty two ounce bottles by hand. I was re you know I I had some mechanical background, so I rebuilt an old filler from Germany, which was all in German, and uh, that was kind of fun. I had to learn to read read schematics in German. Nice. Um, and uh, you know, so I worked for that company for about 15 years and uh, kind of moved up from the guy labeling bottles for nothing to the director of brewing operations there and started a family, wanted to move back to Vermont and ended up seeing an ad one day for uh, the Von Trapp general manager position, which I am a huge lager fan. Uh, I had had Von Trapp beer when I was up here visiting some friends in Burlington at one point in time. I was like, oh, this stuff's amazing. And uh, just, I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw my hat in the ring for that one. Uh, it seems like a really cool thing. It also happens that the owners that I worked for in Asheville had been up here and talked with uh, Sam about some things a couple years back, and they had a connection. So 
There you um, go. Well, yeah. yeah, the beer community is small, but, but big. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I think it's worth mentioning if we can, because I, I, I know I'm, I'm proud of the fact that you work there, but it's Highland Brewing cool. in Asheville. Yeah. So oh, yeah. you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're talking about cool. brewers who, who had to pave the way, folks who had to yeah. fight fight against the, the state laws yep. in order to open a brewery. Yep. And now I think they're understandably occasionally frustrated when, you know, others get offered subsidies to open new breweries <laughs> oh, yeah. right. after they had to, to yeah. pave the way. But there's a yeah. lot of history um, in Highland and a, a really amazing family. Yeah. So it was a really great place to work and um, and likewise here. So and it was been, nice to be able to call someone I'd actually met to check his references. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. So, and we, what, what happened with us is we basically realized, you know, we had a very competent brewmaster and a very competent head of sales and marketing, but we realized we needed another layer between those guys and us as the owners, and we needed someone who knew the business better because we spent a lot of time at the hotel and uh, spent a lot of time just sort of, you know, being Von Trapps, and, and right. we wanted to make sure that our team had someone who could, who could be there for them as yeah. much as possible. Uh, being in an area in, in an industry that's heavily dominated by IPAs, yeah. uh, I know that you dip your toe in the IPL and more hopped beers. But how does Von Trapp stay? And I, I say relevant. You guys are relevant for sure. Uh, but how does how do you guys stay relevant in Vermont? Where first thing you say Vermont, someone might say Heady Topper, or they might say Focal Banger, or something else. Yeah, Vermont's definitely known for its its hoppy beers, and a lot of people are enjoying us as an alternative to that. Uh, I think my dad definitely had that vision. Now, in, in 2010, we'll fast forward a little bit to when we were planning the new brewery, sort of 2014, when the, and the IPAs were clearly dominating, oh, yeah. and distributors were telling us, you cannot go to market without an IPA. And you can imagine how my dad just took that <laughs> as a challenge, and that's when he like planted the lager flag and uh, and drew that line and we have we did we did do one ipa uh as part of the sierra nevada um resilience the resilience oh, cool. uh, because yeah. we really want you know that's yeah. that's another brewery that we've just got a, a world of respect for that was a good so cause. we were and yeah. that was a great right. cause. Yeah, yeah. Right. so we brewed the resilience um and we have brewed some ipas for for other people yeah. who wanted to use some of our tank space but uh you know, we did the double IPL, and and prior to that, we did a, a regular IPL. For some reason, when you put double in front of it, it just it oh, sells sexy. more. Yeah, it's it's a yeah, sexy. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, the IPL was that. a great beer, yeah, much yeah. more sessionable. Yeah. But uh, so we do those because it's not our place to to tell someone what kind of beer they're going to drink. Somebody yeah. walks into our our restaurant, we only have our beers, and if all if that person has just discovered hops and and th- that's their world right now. We don't want to say no to that. So it's nice to have some hoppy options. But the, the focus has clearly been traditional style lagers. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of our all of our malts are coming from Vireman Malting in Bomberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, our water has the perfect mineral profile for this. We bring it two and a half miles through an underground pipeline to the brewery oh, nice. in order to have that perfect water to brew with. Yep. Um, so it, we're definitely all about those lagers. And we're finding that um, a lot of other people have been turning that direction yeah. more recently we have seen as, that well. as well yeah, yeah. And, I, and if i can say just in in my observation that is what has really stuck and and struck a chord in vermont um because they've been so true to their brand and their identity that's what's held held the, true held true yeah um talk about the the lagering method here i mean you can't hide behind a lager like you can an ipa um when you get one, you can taste everything. So you can taste if it's a bad IPA, a bad lager, or 
Pilsner Hellas. What are you doing differently that you let it have the time it needs? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what you do with a lager is you set up the conditions for it to are go through the process. There are some beers that we decoct. Yeah, yep. uh, we have. I think the only decoction vessel in New England. Yeah, I've never figured out who else has them, but yes, we have a dedicated decoction vessel. That's and decoction for those who don't know the yep. process of boiling something in order to extract something from it. So typical of South German brews, typical of the Bavarian and Austrian brews. Yep. Uh, take about a third of the liquid, the, a third of the mash out, yep. partway through the mashing process, boil it, reintroduce it to the mash tun. Yep. Um, so brings more flavor out of the malt, creates some chemical conversions in the malt that I yeah. don't understand. So I, <laughs> I tell people that it's. Um, it's the word I use, proprietary. When I give a brewery tour, if someone asks a question I can't answer, I say, that is proprietary information I cannot release. Yes. <laughs> That's a good answer. Yep. You know, I think on, on top of giving it the time that it needs, but to, to Sam's point earlier, high-quality ingredients on the way in mm-hmm. create high-quality ingredients on the way out. Um, you know, we use, we use fine-quality yeasts. We use, you know, imported German malts. Yep. We use fine hops, noble hops, and that makes a good product if you give it the time it needs to go through the lagering process. Keeping the oxygen out doesn't hurt either. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've you know. heard that's an okay thing to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned yeast. Uh, how important is the yeast strain that you guys have here? Is there a story behind it? Is it a house blend at this point, or are you... No, it's, uh, it's German lager yeast. Okay. okay. You know? Cool. Pretty and and we, yeah. we want to make sure that we can can replicate that. So mm-hmm. it's, um, I think it's Y yeast. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was going to say that's, that's a Y yeast brand. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, was lagers the style that you liked to drink at college? Or what was the style that you were drinking growing up? The next beer was my yeah. favorite yeah. beer. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I was in college, it was funny because uh, I guess I was drinking, most of those first craft beers were mostly ales. I yeah. mean, other than... I mean, Boston Lager was uh, you know, about the only there was one. There Boston Lager. There was Anchor Steam, but you know, I don't know how much presence they had out this way. Right. Um, so yeah, I was drinking a lot of um, sort of brown ales, which is maybe why I don't drink as many brown ales now. Um, you were played out for and then yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then but when I was teaching skiing in Chile, uh, similar to here, the their macro breweries were all lagers. But then I finally found a brewery called Kunstmann, so a good German name. Um, <laughs> And Kunstmann was making really high-quality uh, lagers in, right. in Chile. So they were, as far as I'm concerned, kind of the first craft brewery down there. And I'd say they're now kind of along the lines of, of like, where, where Sam Adams is up here. Oh, wow. They've been around so long, and they're so big. It's like a staple. That some people yeah. are looking, you know, and some people are looking for someone small. They're sort of going for the underdog. But yeah. they definitely proved themselves with really great quality. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the, the cleanliness of the lagers. And I, I could see what my dad was, was looking for. I drink pretty much exclusively lagers these days other than uh, our Kolsch. I mean, I can honestly say I, I do drink our beers um, pretty much exclusively just because I believe in them and, right. and I feel good in the morning. Yeah, that's a very uh, Not to say thing. other people aren't making good beers, but... <laughs> yeah. No, you know. definitely. So speaking about other people's beers, contract brewing, you guys do that a lot here. You brew other people's beer. How did you get into that? Has that been helpful? So when you've just built a big brewery and all of a sudden everybody else has opened breweries as well, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and your, your sales yeah. aren't growing quite as quickly yeah. as you uh, as your initial business plan said they were going to, and it's a great way to go to bring in uh, some outside people. So yeah, we've uh, we work with two different partners right now, cool. and um, here in Vermont, 
um, Upper Pass. Uh, that's been a great relationship, and it's yeah. fun because they um, their most well known beers are hoppy ales. So it's a chance for oh, our nice. t- our team to have fun and do something yeah. different. And it's a chance for us to show the quality of beers of that style that we can produce, but we're doing it for someone else. Yep. Yeah. And then who's the other person you said yet too? And then also, uh, so Notch Brewing, the Notch yeah. Svickle, yeah. obviously. <laughs> Notch, Chris Loring, yeah. very well-liked man in the industry. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Svickle um, yeah. is a, a super crushable beer, as yeah. we yeah. have all agreed. It's awesome. They brew very similar to you guys, and it's the only industry in the world that you would open arms, brew a, competi- a competitor. Yeah, a competitor's beer, yeah. It's incredible. That, it that's is. the type of thing. Yeah, no, and generally no. speaking, we try not to do a lot of lagers. Our thing is, like, lagers are our yeah. domain, so we prefer, if we're going to make someone else's beer, we prefer to make stuff that doesn't compete okay. head-to-head yeah. with yeah. our styles. Yeah. Now, at any point you chose to contract brewing, was it ever a... Did the thought ever cross the team's mind to chase the haze craze <laughs> instead so, of contract brewing? Yeah, so, you know, early on, a lot of people told us, hey, you could sell a lot more beer if you made IPAs. And, and my dad said, you know, we're, we're carrying the lager flag. And then when we got to the point where I felt that we had proven ourselves with our dedication to lagers to the point that we'd earned the credibility and maybe the right to, to play around and do some other things without, you know, kind of confusing our, our status as a, as a lager brewery. Uh, by then, our head of sales, who would have loved some IPAs in the early years, um, was really believing in this vision of loggers. And then he was the one saying, you know, I, I want to stay true to style. Yeah. So, uh, so we've held, and you know, yeah. we do, we do have a hoppy ale coming up this year on the, mm-hmm. in the schedule. Yep. Uh, and, and in my interview, I said, what kind of tools do I have in the toolkit here? Can I make an IPA if we need to make an IPA? So I was gung ho for it. Like, Let's 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 shake the tree. Let's bring things going. And then I talked to uh, director of sales and marketing, and he had a very good argument. It's like, yeah, you know what? We do loggers here, and it's and it and it's proving very successful for us. What I would like to start seeing more of is often you walk into a bar or restaurant, and there's you know say 18, 24 tap handles, mm-hmm. and they say, well, our logger line. I'm looking forward to the day when there's more than a couple of lines dedicated one. to loggers. It's not just sort of just one big, Hellas big and one Dunkel, yeah. but you know, yeah. maybe you could have six different loggers and yeah. 18 IPAs. We are seeing a trend with more loggers, Pilsners, Kolsch out in the market, but we're also seeing a trend of um, hard seltzers. Uh, any opinions on hard seltzers? Will Von Trapp ever dip their toes on that? It's a good question. Uh, I mean, I, there's no doubt that seltzers are taking off, and they're probably not just going to be a fad. Why do you think they're taking off? I'm always curious. Well, I think that has to go back to the you know kind of health and wellness that people are looking for, yeah. uh, gluten-free. Uh, just people are being more mindful of what they're putting in their bodies, and seltzer seems to fit that bill. Um, it's not something that I'm a huge fan of, but I can get the... I, I get it. I understand why people are are, are enjoying them, um, and you know, we haven't had the discussion yet of uh, whether we would do one or not. But I know that you know if if circumstances presented them right, I don't, I don't think we wouldn't have the conversation. Uh, I don't want to speak for Sam on that one, but I, I don't. We haven't talked about it yet. 
Yeah, we haven't. I would never say never, but uh, you know, right now we've got a pretty busy brew schedule just on on what we're producing already. Um, But I I agree with Kevin. Based on what we're hearing, you talk to industry experts. This is not a fad. Um, It doesn't seem likely that it's going to just go away. Yeah, it's not like the hard sodas Um, of the of the past. Yeah, it's not like the wine. I I do have to laugh because my mom. I remember when I was in high school and I went to a New Year's party and she said, you know, obviously I'd prefer you don't drink, but if you do, please don't drink wine coolers. Because she knew that the, the alcohol in the oh, wine the coolers was kind of yeah, hidden yeah. Yeah, hidden behind the, the flavors and people didn't know. And, yeah, yeah. and then recently I heard a story of a, of a young kid sort of getting in trouble at, at New Year's drinking uh, seltzers. Uh, <laughs> you know, again, the sort of hide, hiding that alcohol. Yeah. But um, sneaky. I think they're going to be around. Sneaky, they're going to yeah. be around for a while. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard of some small breweries that are making them. Yeah. I don't even we know. Do. It's, yeah, it's becoming more popular in the yeah. small breweries and the craft breweries for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yep. But I don't know if you can taste the lager flavor in a seltzer. Seltzer. So you make you make a beer and then you take all the good stuff out of it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, talk about the you've been here quite a while and so talk about how the community has changed with beer. I mean, this area being known as a beer kind of mecca, mecca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the word yeah. yeah it is we 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 jokingly talk about the beer muta tri- triangle here yeah. you know you come up route 89 you get off at exit 10 you've got waterbury that was the original alchemist you got prohibition pig now in the building that alchemist was in yep. um you know and you've got hill farmstead up in greensboro you know internationally known um and uh it's great. Aren't it's, you it, glad you don't have a brewery at your house, though? Come on. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, I know. I gotta say, yeah. I. You know, I did uh, for a while before we were packaging. I had a. I had a little homemade kegerator at home, yep. and I did eventually determine that I was not responsible enough to have beer on draft at home all the <laughs> right. time. Um, but uh, but no, there's a lot of beer tourism, and we're seeing it a lot. And that also is part of what's bringing uh, some different people in, uh, people who might not have been the typical demographic up here on our hill. So it's nice to see different people yep. coming up and having this experience. That's what I just did this weekend. Yeah. I came up here just for beer. So <laughs> Yeah, and, and the number of people who come up and stay with us, but then, you know, they make their day trip, and, you know, they're going to go visit Lost Nation, yep. Hill Farmstead, uh, get over to Burlington, you know, foam has really been a strong up and coming yep. one. Considering everything that you do outside of just brewing, um, do you have like a busy time of the year? Are you busy all year? Do you find like the winter is the busiest um, summer? So yeah, my year tends to change because of over overseeing the outdoor recreation and the cross country skiing being such a big part of what we do. Um, I installed our snowmaking system and I still have a pretty good understanding of it. So I'll get involved helping out with that. So I tend to be more here in Stowe during the winter, and then spring, summer, fall, I tend to get on the road a little bit more for some different beer events, uh, beer dinners. And same thing uh, with the brewery. Trips. We just say the brewery is busy. And the brewery, yeah. yeah. Our, our busiest season is during the summer months. Okay. Of course. Um, yeah. You know, and, and as the ski season progresses, of course, and the tourists come in for, for skiing, there's a l- good amount of uh, winter activity as well. Yeah. I get a little bit in the spring, a little, little downtime in the spring, a little downtime in, in the late fall after foliage. But, but uh, yeah, Oktoberfest yeah. is you know being brewed yeah. already in the in the early summer. Right, of so, course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and that right. that being our biggest seasonal too, that really adds. And that's a really fun event. 
the yes, Oktoberfest. The Oktoberfest here is great. Here. I would imagine that would be actually fun really yes. here. Mm-hmm. This, so. this past year, I was in New Hampshire, and I surfed that morning. I was out in the waves before the sun had even risen, oh, surfed for two hours, drove here, put on my lederhosen. So it was the, the only time Sounds in my like life that day. I've worn a wetsuit and lederhosen in the <laughs> same day. Yeah, that's awesome. And I look at the photos from that Oktoberfest, and I'm so sunburned, and I'm so happy. Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. Um, as we know, loggers and pilsners take a lot of time. Um, tank space is optimum, and, and the dedication of making a clean, good-tasting pilsner takes time. Uh, how crazy is the schedule for tank space here, or is it pretty well-spaced out? It's pretty well-spaced out at this point in time, uh, and it, we're not quite to the point where that is a huge concern. Okay. It will be, um, but this facility has... Uh, you know when they were putting it together they definitely looked forward and they knew that they were making <laughs> yeah. loggers what's uh, the so capacity right now we're currently at 30,000 barrels capacity for loggers now we do contract ales okay. so that can kind of give us a little bit of leeway as far as um you know tank turns right. so 30,000 barrels theoretical capacity theoretical so capacity theoretical. if yeah. if That's everything were to sell at the exact same pace all yeah. the time. And if you're yeah. constantly brewing and you refilled the tank the moment right. you emptied it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we, we did, I should mention, though, on that, we, we did add four 200-barrel conditioning vessels and a 200-barrel bright tank uh, just over a year ago. Yep. Nice. Just before I got and on board. And a yep. Hopnik uh, hop recirculator, cool. which allows us to dry hop without having to move the beer to another no tank. tank. Oh, that's it nice. used to be you had to put the hops in another tank, purge it of air with CO2, move right. the beer over. You got loss. You got potential exposure to oxygen. Of everything we added a year ago, a beautiful canning line, you know, four new conditioning vessels, a new bright tank, the Hopnik hop recirculator, hands down, the piece of equipment that the team talked about the most <laughs> now you guys are relatively new to the can game uh you were bottling for a long time what was the hesitation to switch from bottling to cans the cost of the a cost. canning line okay yeah so we were usually what so we were canning yeah. with ironheart and yeah. i gotta say those yeah. guys are amazing oh, those right. guys yeah. work so oh, ha- those guys do. work so hard yep. the long days that they do uh, oh, it's and, insane in the volume that they can do. And, you know, just, just laughing, uh, Amber from our marketing team uh, would be in there working the canning line as well when they needed extra people. So with with Ironheart, we would have three people typically from us working the canning line while two Ironheart technicians were there. Now we can run our, our CFT with about with three people. Three uh, with a guy that every now and then comes and picks up the pallet. So the depalletizer <laughs> and the pack tech machine, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, pretty, it's pretty handy. So, yeah, it was all just about the cost. Our original plan was we would go into cans and bottles. Okay. Um, unfortunately, the decision was made to start with a bottling line because of the f- we were making traditional-style beers. Yep. People who drink traditional More beers traditional. tend to think traditionally. Yeah. They like bottles. Um, and so uh, right now uh, our bottling line is it's kind of quiet. Yep. Uh, Eight-ounce cans. That you guys are doing? 12-ounce uh, cans. Sorry, 12-ounce yeah, yeah. cans. Right. Yeah. Eight, eight ounce. Ounce. Yeah, Jesus. Eight yeah. ounces. Only in the morning. <laughs> yeah, 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 eight-ounce right, cans right, for right. breakfast. That's half fills. Yeah. 12-ounce uh, yeah. tw- cans. 12 and, 12 and 16. So, okay, so you yep. are doing 16s. Yep. That's we great. do 16s on our specialty beers, okay. uh, collaborations, which fall in the specialty category, and our Pilsner. We found the Pilsner is a high-demand one for the ski areas, so that's nice for on-premise, for restaurants, bars. Yeah, for sure. Nice to crush. Uh, yeah. What's something that you wish you knew taking the job um, that you might have not known? I think it's how much 
and how many people just love the Von Trapp family from the movie and from just just want to be here uh that that was something that I didn't know I mean it was you know I knew of them and I knew of the the movie and all of that I just didn't realize that there is such an impact there and and that took me a minute to kind of you know I'm a beer guy I've been in the craft brewing for my entire adult life and it took me a second to get my head around that I was just like this is incredible Completely yeah. different. This is yeah. completely different. Yeah. And, and it, it can get in the way of us being available to our team sometimes. So right. that's what we have to be careful of. You know, if I'm, you know, busy sort of being a Von Trapp, answering <laughs> questions and that, that, you know, it might mean I'm not answering his emails. Yep. Um, so. But there's no better sales salesman out there than Sam Von Trapp. Yeah. You bring <laughs> Sam to an event and it's a different event. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. I mean, you guys make no bones about it. It's on your website. It's like, yes, the family yeah. that brought you. Yeah. And, that, and that's something that we talk about all the time because it says on our cans, you know, from the by the family that inspired the sound of music. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. every time we we revisit it, I always say, guys, if we at any point feel that that's too commercial, let's take that off of there. Yeah. But you know, people people like it. We talk to our distributor partners as well, and and people like seeing it on there. So it's a familiar so name. It. It's like a safe. Name. Yeah, the original brewery was actually Trap Lager, our, yeah. our first brewery. So our okay. first name, Trap Lager, rolled right off the tongue. And uh, then people told us when we were opening the second one and things were getting more crowded, more competitive, they said, you know, you'd be crazy not to include the Vaughn because mm-hmm. it does increase the name recognition. Yeah, no, it's smart marketing. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, your cans are very simple. I mean, when you see them on... But like in a good way. Like yeah, you yeah. You recognize but I mean, them. All right. In comparison with all the cans that are put <laughs> right. out in Vermont, exactly. <laughs> your cans are relatively simple. Yes. Meaning they have simple color schemes and a nice logo right. on them. Yes. Uh, was that the was that the a purpose? Was, you know. Yeah, we, my dad's always been fairly understated in his attitude toward things. You know, our our hotel was always always had a natural feel. You know, a lot of wood. Um, Even you know, the restaurant, wood, like rock, that, yeah, yeah. iron, mm-hmm. sort of natural things. My dad was never about sort of shiny chrome and, and mirrors. So when it came to, you know, our cans, you know, if we were to put out a wine, it would probably have sort of a traditional looking label that would have an image of a nice, you know, the nice chateau on it. And, <laughs> and we wanted, yeah. you know, my dad came up with the Ibex logo, um, which was hand drawn by Jennifer Vincent, our, uh, who was our marketing manager uh, back at that point. And the, the Ibex made the cut through the transition into the new brewery. And, yeah, we, we try to keep it pretty simple. All the animals here, did you guys hunt them yourselves and hang them up? or uh, there, We had some help hanging them up. Okay. Yeah. Very but good. it was all like from you guys, like <laughs> yeah. they weren't like yeah. you just bought. I don't know, yeah, my da- my dad's a thought. big my dad's a big outdoorsman. Okay. He yeah, yeah. grew up um, w- as the youngest of ten children, so he had a lot of people telling him what to do. Yep. The closest in age to him was seven years older. Oh wow! So basically, at one point, he was asked, "How many other children are there in your family?" And he said, "None. <laughs> all the others are adults. I'm <laughs> the only <laughs> yeah. child." That's yeah. So the woods were his place of solace, where he could go and get away from everybody yeah. telling him what to do and. Uh, Vermont has a strong tradition of yep. hunting. Mm-hmm. He lived in New Guinea uh, with his sister, who was a missionary there from when he was 17 till 20. Wow. Uh, he used to hunt wild boar in the jungle with mm-hmm. old, unreliable World War II surplus uh, ammunition oh, by wow. the light of the full moon. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's always been a, a part of his uh, his cool. background, and that's what we eat at home. Our, we're mostly eating, uh, you know, wild boar and elk and venison. <laughs> 
That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. Was it important growing up? I mean, you have a famous last name. It sounds like you grew up relatively a normal lifestyle, no silver spoon, you know, kind of. Is it different for you, though, going out to different events and people recognizing you for the name and maybe not the beer? Yeah, I think it's, a, it, it's interesting because we were all sort of bemused by the amount of attention that we got because of the family history. And it 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 wasn't something that was talked about in our homes. They didn't talk about the sound of music. So hey, yeah, we were kind of hey, we're yeah. watching this. Oh, I yeah. never even asked my. I yeah. would have asked my grandmother Maria. Probably I yeah. might have asked her some questions about that time period. Except I just grew up kind of feeling that was a, we you know everybody else was asking about it. So I wasn't right, going to right, that, right. that too cool for school attitude. Um, but but yeah, it's uh, it. We were raised pr- pretty normal. You know, we did our chores. We we worked at the hotel. I started working forty hour weeks when I was fourteen, uh, and that I really appreciate. And I think that came. My mom's Midwestern. She had good, strong, humble roots. And, you know, in in Europe, where civilization has been established a little longer than over here, I think families realized pretty early on that if you spoiled your kids, you didn't do much to ensure the future of the family. And so um, even even if a family had some means, they usually made sure to challenge their, their kids as well. So I appreciate There was a big focus on education. We had no TV in our house growing up. That was a conscious decision. Uh, to make us read more. Awesome. Nice. Uh, environmental. We're in Vermont. Environment's huge. Uh, what are you guys' efforts are you guys doing to keep environmentally conscious in this area? So I always forget about the solar array on the roof because it's so beautifully laid out. It's so low profile. You don't even you see it. You never see it. We've it. Got I, a, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know until you mentioned it. Yeah, there's yeah. a huge solar array on the roof. Uh, produces about half the energy that we use in this building. Um, one of the coolest things... You know, all brewers look to work with local farmers with their spent grain. It's a nice symbiotic situation uh, when a farmer wants something that the brewer is trying to get rid of. Uh, we're fortunate here. We have our own herd of cattle. We have had for, for many decades. So we feed our own spent grain right to our cattle right here on the property. Makes it easy. And then we serve that beef back in our restaurants. Uh, so we harvested 15 head of cattle out of our own herd last year. So it's not, you know, it's not just a small project. But uh, also the first rinse, so when you rinse tanks, and there's a lot of energy in there. There's a lot of um, a lot of BODs left behind, the biochemical oxygen demand. And we go out and we spread that on our fields during the spring, summer, fall when, when you can do that. You're, you're legally not allowed to do it during the winter. But uh, it's amazing to see a section of a pasture just so green, and you can tell that that's where they, they sort of spread, you know, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's nice to be able to keep all that right here on the property. Yeah. Nice. Um, maybe this is where you come into, but new beers. When you're brewing a new beer, uh, is it by committee or who comes up? Who's the head brewer? Yeah. So J.P. Williams, our brewmaster. Yep. Um, and something that we're trying this year, because we've got so many new varieties uh, coming out in 2020, uh, we got we have a small like uh, pilot system, uh, you know, half-barrel system. Yeah. For experimental um, batches. Yeah, for yep. experimental batches. And... So we got some small fermenters so that we cool. could do that at a little more controlled space. Uh, so he, he does a batch of that, and that sometimes he'll do two, three maybe, depending on how that goes. And once he's ready, we'll scale it up to a smaller batch. And at that point, you know, we'll go over it with the family and say, okay, we're going to, this is what we're thinking. Uh, and this is still in development a little bit. So sometimes we uh, um, we might not do the, the, the half batch for for one, uh, we may do it for another, but then we like to serve that here in the local, you know, 
only available on Von Trapp property. So beer hall, maybe the lounge. Um, and we'll see how it goes. We'll get feedback. We'll get uh, discussions from the family members, from people at the bar, just kind of see how we, how we could do it better, if we need to do it better. Uh, and then we'll scale that up to a larger, a larger batch. This past one worked out. A, a perfect example was the Berliner Weiss. So we did a we did a pilot brew with it. We brewed on the on the full Rolex system, fifty barrel brew house, um, and then we served it here. And we we all it was great beer, but we wanted it to be a little more sour. Um, so I think it came out pH around three five. We were aiming for about three two. We made that adjustment, and our Berliner two is in the tanks right now. Nice. And we're we're excited to. To work on it. In the meantime, I'm working on depletions of uh, Berliner yeah. Berliner 1.0. So it's a good thing. It's a 4-2 beer. Yeah. yeah. So Sam, it seems like you know what you're talking about. You're talking about pH level. So it's not just you're not just the face. You actually do. You have any <laughs> home brewing? Back there. Do you have any home brewing experience or, or professional brewing experience you know, or just? I don't actually have home brewing experience. I always liked science. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will point out: I can sound like I know what I'm talking about when I'm driving the conversation. <laughs> right. So right, I'm, right. I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose to talk about the things I actually understand. Yeah. Um, I have learned a lot from our team uh, in the beginning. You know, just if I was giving a tour of the brewery to someone visiting and I would get questions I couldn't answer and I would go ask these guys. So I've, I've been lucky to learn a lot from these guys. But no, I actually uh, never did uh, homebrew. I moved around a lot. Uh, and so I think it was just hard to, to ever really have, have the systems. Yeah. Of course. Um, and then uh, now, uh, you know, I get to homebrew, but right here. With with really awesome with a Rolex <laughs> yeah. a Rolex system yeah. and people who know uh, people who know exactly what they're doing, try tr- you should try our beer it's homemade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for our listeners, what new brews are you planning this year? Well, Sam Sam mentioned the Berliner Weiss, right? Uh, and that's due to be released uh, fairly quickly, so uh, mid February March. And going uh, on into that distribution. One. Yeah, so the first okay. batch uh, we did send some to an account in Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia, not yeah. to interrupt, is, is a if it sells. I've heard if it sells in Philadelphia, you pretty much know okay. it's going to sell everywhere. And else. it seems to be doing very well. Yeah, so it was cool. in one account, uh, and it and it kind of did very well. So um, yeah, we made the tweak that Sam was talking about, and we're uh, working on the can uh, cans right now for it, and uh, it should be ready to go. So that that's going to go kind of everywhere before we could just get it at the beer hall or in that one yeah. location in Philly. So cool. uh, that's one that we're going to be coming out with. We've also got in the tank a maple Rauch beer, which uh, it's got maple syrup from the property uh, along with uh, a traditional style German uh, Rauch beer. It's going to be and a little... when does that come out? That will be coming out in the spring. This is the test batch that's cool. in the tank right now. So right. It'll, be, it'll be here in a little bit that's and then true. it'll go to market. Uh, down the line. And we just talked about perhaps not just doing full draft out of this test batch this morning um, and maybe doing a handful of cases of cans. So oh, that great. one of the things we learned about the... Way down mess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of the things we learned when we did the, the Berliner is that everybody that tr- liked it and wanted to try it w- was asking, like, hey, do you have this in cans? I'd love to take it home. It's really hard to say no. So... You know, we said, you know, maybe we can do a handful of those just for the beer hall so that if people do like it, they could buy it and take it home. Yeah. So we're going to try that this time. The flip side of that that not everyone's necessarily going to be aware of is that 
putting it in a can, there's a there's a long delay. There's a design process. There's sure. the approval process. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. you know you can't just yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know I am envious of people who can just sort of you know write in what what's on there. Uh, but but yeah, it takes there's there's months of lead up to to having a can that we can put the liquid in. Yeah. Another one that's out right now, a new one is our our Keller Lager, which is a dry hopped Keller, and and that's cool because it's a five zero beer, um, and it's got the it's got the aromatic hops, uh, but not heavy on the IBUs. Cool. Yeah. Not overly bitter. So people who who really want the aroma and they really like the hops, but you know they they want to keep the alcohol low 50 it's yeah. uh that one has been really popular so far and we've got plans for the summer to make a rattler oh uh, awesome yeah, so yeah. that's exciting that's yes. in in uh the design phases now um so that'll be like three two like really low yeah it'll be yeah. it'll be i think three five was our target yeah. but yeah a grapefruit uh cool. flavor yeah. so great uh, summer brew yeah, yeah it's very traditional mm-hmm. yeah. It's the idea, and we've got uh, some. You know, you mentioned a hoppy ale and a dry hop, dry hopped Kolsch. Uh, we're going to take the Kolsch that we made as a seasonal. Uh, mm-hmm. We're turning that into a full year-round beer. Nice. So we're going to kind of make a spin off of that and turn a dry hopped Kolsch out there and see how that goes. So there's a lot going on right now, and yeah. it's really exciting. That's so awesome. that is awesome. Um, yeah, and a Bavarian Pilsner. Is oh. going to be another addition for this cool. uh, for this year. So just come up and grab all the pilsners and all the good yeah, beers that are come out there. once yeah, yeah. a season and try their new beer. Yeah, <laughs> but they're not going to be available all at once. That'll be the only sad thing. You'll right. have to come back well, multiple times. Okay. Well, can you yeah. can you believe that this brewery that was only our restaurant here was only completed a little over three years ago and already we don't have enough draft lines. That's yeah, a, that's crazy. a good problem to yeah. have. I think yeah, that's yeah. a good yeah. problem yeah. to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about this off off air a little bit, but. Um, Brewery Mount Rushmore. Do you guys have one? Is there something that a brewery or a brewers? Brewer. But yeah, you know, either it doesn't way. matter. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I, you know, I heard Sam mention Allagash. They've always been excellent. Um, you know, when I was in the early days, Unibrew was one of my favorite uh, breweries to emulate. Um, New Glarus. Uh, I've always loved both their beer and their business model. I mean, it's just amazing. One state. Um, we're done. We're going to do what we do. Um, and you know, there's a lot of, there's just so many new breweries out there that are doing great things as well. Um, it's hard to think about all of them, but, uh, you know, and of course I'm just a big fan of Sierra as well, especially uh, having, you know, working in Asheville and seeing them come through and, and, and meeting some of their, uh, like Brian, um, and, just seeing their operation on the at the level that they do things, it's it's all about excellence there, and that's always really impressed me. Yep. So uh, they're recapturing their CO two from fermentation and scrubbing it yeah, and, that's, and that's reusing a, yeah. it. I believe, that's yeah, that's crazy. awesome. And the, yeah. yeah, I think Sierra really, you know, they've set the standard. I think environmentally, yep. well, and, not, and and they're recapturing their uh, methane gas and like burning it and creating electricity out of it for the, from their wastewater. It's that's really awesome. yeah. Nice. And yeah, Allagash, amazing. You know, we, we often look at not just, you know, the product, but the people. Yeah. Mm, uh, sure. You know, my dad could have made a lot of money decades ago by turning the family property here into Sound of Music Land and <laughs> oh, yeah. ridden yeah. off into the sunset. <laughs> right. He'd be on a huge ranch in Montana now. But he always, yeah. whenever he was given a choice between sort of profit and 
staying true to his principles. He always stuck to his principles. It's almost not taking the easy way out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so uh, so we admire you know people like Rob Todd at Allagash and the way that they take care of their their team. Um, and uh, another one, you know, I, I believe you guys are fans of Wormtown as well. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, having a chance to get to know Ben Roche. I first met him here at our beer hall when he was just passing through, and uh, just conversations with him. Such an intelligent, thoughtful guy. Um, yep. Got a lot of respect for those guys. Yeah. So we want to know some of your opinions on Untapped. Just curious. Um, as a general manager, I'm sure you see untapped reviews. Does it add any value? Did it add any value in a past life for you as a brewer? And do they ever make it up to, you know, your dad, the untapped reviews? <laughs> I mean, I pay attention to it. Yep. You have to. Um, but I don't pay that much attention to it. You know, we, we make beer that we want to drink. Uh, that's, and, and if it does well on untapped, fantastic. We'll, we'll talk about that. If, if people are really not liking it and there's something that, that we are noticing too, okay, we'll talk about that. But, you know, that's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah, we'll pay attention, but it's not going to drive anything. Our brewers definitely pay attention to it. Um, I, don't, I don't do any social media. Uh, I don't have Facebook. I don't tweet. Good for you. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you probably it, live a great life. Yeah. So, <laughs> it it makes it just slightly easier. Yeah. Uh, but um, but fortunately, you know, as a business, we have that, and we've got great people who do our yeah. social media. So if I if I have a great experience that I want to share, or if I take a great photo that I want to share, I can do that through our team, and my friends can keep track of my kids via my wife's Facebook. Uh, so yeah, so I don't actually go to Untapped, um, but I'm also kind of thin skinned. And uh, I can be oversensitive, so sometimes it's better. As long as I know someone is monitoring these things, it's and better for you. me to stay away from the distraction. <laughs> yeah. For sure, for yeah. sure. I just feel like if the beer is not crazy in either high gravity or, you know, it's not exotic, enough. yeah, it's, it's not going to necessarily be on social media. Yeah. Or, and I don't want to go generalizing too far on that, but it just seems like if it's not an extreme beer, it's, it's probably not going to score as well as others. Uh, for that, and so it's not the business we're in here. We make we make really easy drinking lagers that are not not necessarily extreme. So. Exactly. So yeah. you you flirted with that subject a little bit. Um, are there trends in in beer right now that you absolutely just hate? I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't know. Uh, or not hate, but just wish would probably go the other way. I, I got one. While well, you're thinking, Kevin, um, you know the the sort of the, the joke these days about the person who walks into a bar, tries a beer for the first time, and says, "That is the best beer I've ever had." <laughs> what else have you got? Yeah. I wish people would be willing when they find a, a really good beer to say, "Yeah, let's have another," and not constantly chasing another beer. And that's been my goal with our brewery, is and as far as for future sustainability as a business, I don't expect people to only drink our beer, but I think our beer is really great as your go-to. Um, so, so that's what I like to, to see is people who are willing to, to have another of the same beer, that that's okay. Yeah. Passing the two-pint test. It's mm-hmm. always very important. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it's just, I want beer to taste like beer. And that's me. You know, it can, you can have things that can kind of accent the you know, flavors and stuff like that. I don't mind that, like a little hint of this or a hint of that. But... Trying to recreate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a beer. <laughs> now, I know brewers that do that, and I like them. They're friends. Yes. Um, and, it's, and it's something that is really, 
you know, I've always had, you know, I had a good friend of mine who, who instilled this into me, no, no meat and no money, uh, was something that I've heard got pounded into my head. And it's just something that like, it's a beer. Let's celebrate it for what it is. Why it make does, it something else? Why make it something else? You know, that's I, that. You know. I had to let, when when <laughs> we had that Austrian band here uh, back in the fall, uh, it was interesting because every time I went around to the band and their support crew to ask them what they wanted, there was not even a question. They just all drank Hellas because that's awesome. Hellas, that's the that's, that's what you drink day in, day out in Bavaria and Austria. Um, and at, at four nine, it's got that sustainability. I do like. Um, I do like the focus on sours these days. I think it's a really nice option. I love the fact that sours bring a lot of flavor and low alcohol, whereas the haze craze typically flavor and alcohol level have gone hand in hand. Yep. So I, I really like the the sustainability aspect sort of from personal health that goes along with, with sours. And I think yep. there's gonna be a lot of a lot more fun stuff going on with sours down the line. With you guys or, or breweries in general? In general. Yeah. I mean, we okay. will be continuing to, you know, as far as really excited for this second yeah. batch of Berliner. We're, you know, and there's there's a few German-style sours out there, which, you know, I know you guys have talked about in the past, and, and we may rekindle some of those conversations, uh, but we don't have any necessary plans for it at the moment. That, uh, that's where I tend to enjoy uh, playing around with other beers. Yeah. <laughs> other breweries. Uh, what's in your fridge at home, beer-wise? I have to admit, I uh, I found myself at times uh, drinking enough on the job, and I got to where I started to not have beer at home very often. Uh, when I do, it's usually Hellas, yeah. just crisp and clean, and uh, and it doesn't last very long. Right now, there's nothing. Yeah. There's milk. <laughs> I think I've got a Pilsner. We've got a couple cans of Pilsner, a couple cans of Upper Pass, and my wife is a, she doesn't, she finds that there's she's gluten intolerant, so she's got a variety of ciders in in the fridge, and I might have one of those once in a while too. Yeah. Plus that bottle of mead from my uh, <laughs> from my wedding going on thirteen yeah. years. It's yes. going on thirteen years. That's probably getting pretty good at some it's point. It's aging in time. nicely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there a guilty pleasure beer that you know someone might be surprised that you're drinking at a cookout or an engagement? Probably. I don't feel guilty about this one because I like the people who make it, but uh, Mass Hole Lager oh, from yeah. Wormtown. We yeah. absolutely love That's Mass Hole Lager. That's one of my lager. favorites, yeah. And usually, sure. yeah, usually when an ale-focused brewery makes yeah. a lager, it's usually not on the same level of quality of their other beers. And that Mass Hole, it's also the first beer that I ever was able to recognize the corn flavor and liked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's a that's a fun yeah. one for me, and even more sessionable. I think Masshole is like four or five yeah. or super, yeah. it's four it's super sessionable. sessionable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a fun one, and the fact that it's just all mass ingredients. Yeah, okay. I, oh, and what a great yeah. play yeah. on words. Oh, I know. Yeah. Masshole. Yeah. By the way, that's with yeah. a W. Yeah. W H O L E because yes. all the ingredients <laughs> are from Mass. Yeah. Katrina's gonna love that we're mentioning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, Katrina, how are you? Uh, I love you. Yeah. Uh, well, for me, when you said guilty pleasure of drinking a beer, I thought of the one I might have alone at the, you know, when I, when there's nobody around, my okay. wife and family are giving me a break. <laughs> sounds really depressing. <laughs> I know. It's, no, no, it's, no, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. It's serene. It's, like it's the calm beer <laughs> right. that you can have at the end of the day when there's just quiet. Now, drinking alone does sound a little depressing, but that wasn't where, that wasn't where I was going <laughs> on that one. <laughs> so what is this beer? Any beer. Oh, okay. yeah. Cool. yeah. <laughs> After the kids have gone to bed, that's right. that's yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice. Um, 
I have a question. Yeah, of yeah. course. Now, you guys, no one's perfect, right? Like, what would be something that you want to improve on um, of your role uh, for the company or something you want to just know more about? That's a good question. Do you mind if I no, go? go for it? Right. Well, so when I started in this role, like, my, my background is operations. You know, I, I came up through, you know, doing absolutely whatever they told me to do, cleaned this, do that, fix this, fix that. So I feel like that, you know, I've seen breweries from retrofitted dairy equipment, you know, absolute like duct tape and cardboard and whatever it took to get it done. Yeah. yeah, to very nice equipment and really well well laid out stuff and, and especially the brewery here is fantastic. And and from my end, you know, we did sales because we had to. You know, and there wasn't a sales department. So we did that all day and and for me that's been one of the focuses for me this year is is really learning more about the sales um, and and also being able to in in this general manager role is something I've been working on myself is being able to translate the needs of the team and bringing that to the family in a way that they can understand quickly um, that's something I'm working on and Sam probably knows that I try to do this almost every day like we catch up I swing and a miss sometimes, and it doesn't work out the best. Uh, but I'll try it again the next day, and that's something that um, that I'm working on, and I want to continue to work on is uh, is being able to, you know, work with the team, find out what they need, and bring it to the attention, and then get it solved. Uh, and and the same on the sales end. It's something that there are people that can walk into a store or walk into a bar, and it's like the Matrix. You know, they just, they can see right through everything and know exactly what needs to be done. I don't think I'll ever get to that level, but I would certainly like to get to a level where I can at least, you know, plug into the matrix and go in and jump a few buildings once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think for me, it actually kind of ties right off of what Kevin was just saying. Um, I think this is one of the biggest questions in life and everything that we do, when to believe in yourself and when to defer to others. So when differentiating between when we need to ask tough questions and maybe sort of push back, interfere, uh, sort of redirect something versus when do you need to just trust these guys know what they're doing. So even though every fiber in my being says I don't want to go in this direction, you know, we've got to trust and, and go in that direction. And that's something, yeah, that I'll be working on for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, Good answers. Uh, at what point did you um, consider the brewery to be a, a success, or do you, you know, is, was that? Do you remember that that moment where you said, "Well, we're not going to go back to just being a hotel," you know? Like. I think uh, getting fixed draft lines in some really cool accounts, going into super happening bars, you know, a bar in Boston, um, you know, going into the Eastern Standard, which is where people go before a Red Sox game and being one of four beers on their draft line there, that that felt like success to me. Yeah. Um, you know, going into New York City and finding our, our beer at the, at the Breslin restaurant at the Ace Hotel or up on the roof of the William Vale Hotel in Brooklyn where there's three beers on draft, and ours has been there for two years. Um, as far as our accountants are concerned, uh, they'll consider it a success when, uh, when production – and sales go up a little bit further. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really proud of what our team did this cool. past year and uh, really proud of what Kevin's been able to do 
uh, as that middleman um, between the brewery team and the ownership. And uh, we're coming off of our best year ever. So yeah. thank awesome. you. Cool. So I guess this is the point where we have to wrap up the interview. But uh, where can we find you, you know, physically, physically yeah. if people want to visit? And then we know that you're you distributed only on the East Coast. Yeah. So if people are coming up to Von Trapp Brewing, we're at the Trap Family Lodge. It's in Stowe, Vermont. So if you put in Trap Family Lodge in your GPS or put in uh, Von Trapp Beer Hall, it'll guide you right here. Um and we people can attest to that too. And, yes. it, it, it did work. Okay, good, good. And you could ski here. You can also ski to the beer hall. We're proud of that. One of the I don't know how many um, you know really proper breweries and beer halls have mountain bike, world class mountain bike and ski trails leading right into them. Oh my God. Disc golf. That's pretty cool. As I said, eighteen holes of disc golf right outside. In terms of our distribution, we are currently in ten states: all of New England, all of New York and New Jersey, Greater Philadelphia area, the ten counties around Philly, and uh, Virginia. Yeah, nice. and we will be continuing to expand over the next couple of years as well. Yep. And you guys are on social media, and we are. Yep, vontrapbrewing dot com uh, is our website. At vontrap, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> everything would be on the website. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. all. Yeah, it's It'll all. Be, and there's even, there's even yeah. a beer finder too. There's a beer finder on the right. vontrapbrewing dot com, cool. and people tell me it works. It works pretty well because it's hard. People <laughs> say, "Where's your beer?" Well, there's so much rotation these yeah. days. Yeah. So often, I, I'm sort of hesitant. I just want to list the ones that I know are fixed lines. Yeah. Um, cool. Cool. Well, I appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day to do this. Definitely. Uh, we're going to drink some more after this. Have we're some very have food, some good some food. Sausages. Um, but we always close our interviews with Erica's favorite question. Yes. Um, what are you guys most proud of? That's a great question. Um, that's one that I use in my interviews when I'm interviewing people nice. for uh, jobs, you know, in, in either professional career yeah. or, or in life. And um, if, if I may, uh, I, my most proud moments are with my family, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my two kids and, and my wife, um, we've, we do everything together. And so it's, uh, you know, whether it's last weekend at the ski area, uh, teaching my daughter how to ski. She's six. Oh, nice. So uh, those are the kind of things that that I'm most proud of. Um, it's awesome. It's that simple for me. Yeah. Please top that. No. And, uh, yeah, no, no, but it's no, funny no, no. because I was yeah. actually kind of going in a similar direction. But I'm I'm proud of my uh, my father and his principles and values and how he's instilled them in the organization. Um, and uh, you know, there are things that keep us up at night. But it's not regretting our actions. That's awesome. That is that's good. That's a great way to end great. this. So. Yeah. Actually, sometimes I do regret my actions, <laughs> but then I, but then I go apologize. That's different, yeah, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you again for taking some time out of your day to do this. Really and, appreciate uh, it. Yeah. Make and sure you make your way up to to the Stowe area and stop at Von Trapp, which yeah. is really exciting. Yeah, I'm so. excited for them. Cheers. If you can't make it here. Ask for it where you are we'll exactly. see if we can get it to you yeah exactly and thanks, and thanks for coming up here on no a problem. gorgeous winter day that's yes. beautiful yeah yes. Yes. we were talking about it's hard to be mad if you look at the at the hills beautiful here yeah hills mountains here. everything yeah cool awesome cheers cheers, cheers. prost Hey everyone, thank you guys for listening to our episode with Von Trapp Brewing out of Stowe, Vermont. Major shout out to Sam and Kevin for taking some time out of their day to do this. We really do appreciate it. We also appreciate all our listeners helping us out and supporting us because without you guys, we really wouldn't be able to nab awesome episodes like this, Wandering Soul, Rockport Brewing Company, Night Shift, Notch, whoever. You know, it, it, 
really because of you guys out there. Um, we have an awesome episode for you guys next week. We are going across the pond. We're going across the pond. We're going across the pond. And we'll leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. So, Ryan, I think we have to pack our bags. Erica, I think we have to pack our bags. Yeah, I think so. And pretend we're going on an airplane. <laughs> we'll take some shots. Yeah, we will. Oh, uh, airport shots. Get ready. I have a green screen, I think. So we can, yeah, we'll, we can we're going to Photoshop something yeah. awesome. Excellent. So, um, yeah, rate, subscribe, leave us a nice message, um, and you'll get a sticker or a DM or a cameo from Ryan. We should do cameo for Ryan. Until next week, guys. Cheers. 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 Hey, everybody. I'm eating celery. And I'm sure that's really annoying for you guys listening trying discreetly to be at your table and listen to a podcast about beer when you're at work you savages why don't you stop boozing up and pay attention to your job you <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a fail <laughs> yeah that's what i was going to try to do it's because i farted <laughs>